What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibson. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcast and resource dedicated to telling you stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information director profession. I hope you guys are all having a heck of a time as we are smack dab in the middle of basketball season. Uh, both U.S. side men and women's teams are in the top two of our respective GLVC standings. I know we kind of have some sort of crazy point system uh, that'll kind of – we have a 15-team conference at the moment, soon to be 14, so we do have a, a, a three-division kind of strange point system that'll kind of see where we're stacked up as far as the conference season rolls along, but we're in the top two there. Um so, yeah, uh, I'm also excited because both teams I am responsible for, uh, tennis and golf, are also starting up soon. Um, I spent a big part of last week uh, getting my game day graphics ready, and it's safe to say that February is going to be a very busy month for us here in, uh, on the campus of USI in Evansville, Indiana. So um, I'm also uh, curious what you guys did kind of uh, last weekend. I know at the time of this recording it is a Sunday. Uh, we had six to eight inches of snow, believe it or not. Uh, we were snowed in or I was snowed in, I, I took shelter basically someplace, not my house, uh, that actually had food, um, I also had some warmth, and uh, just spent some time, um, watched all three Insidious movies, I don't know whose idea that, well, I know exactly whose idea that was, but I uh, watched all three of them, uh, back to back to back to back, um, I say that because then we went and saw the fourth one that just came out, the last chapter today, and I hated myself like usual. There's there's a trend in those movies. Uh, the first three quarters of the movie, um, when you don't know what you're going up against, and, and this thing's just walking around in this house, and it, it, it things pump out pop out of suitcases. Uh, yeah, that it's horrible. Um, I don't know who who comes up with this sort of thing. But then the last quarter of the movie, when you actually see the demon or ghost or whatever, uh, and then it's it's not. It's not so bad, but uh, anyway, before we get to today's episode, I want to make sure you guys are subscribed to this podcast if you haven't already. Uh, it's pretty easy. All you got to do is just click subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Another thing that I want to bring to your attention is a rating or reviewing. I want to thank the people who have given us reviews and ratings uh, so far to keep our five-star average. So if you haven't already, go ahead or wherever you get your podcasts and help us out a little. Uh, five-star would be great. And leave a little itty-bitty review. Uh, a sentence or two. I mean, it just takes a quick second. So, SIDcast is also on Twitter and Facebook at SportsInfoCast. And as always, you can email me anytime, SportsInfoCast at gmail.com. Now on to today's guest. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. We have Chelsea Chamberlain on the pod today. She is Cosida's 2017 Rising Star Award uh, recipient at the time that she was at New Mexico. And now she's at LSU. She'll detail the importance of um, networking, along with how she got from a small D3 school in Oregon to her D1 aspirations down in Baton Rouge. So we'll start off today with episode 60 of SIDcast with Chelsea Chamberlain of the LSU Tigers and her very first taste of sports information right here on SIDcast. Uh, well, I got my start kind of in sports information my freshman year of college. Um, I tried out for the volleyball team. I was going to play softball, but I decided I wanted to play volleyball as well. I tried out for volleyball. I didn't make the team, um, which, you know, kind of sucked. But um, at the same time, um, 
sports information was brought to my attention, and it actually ended up being the best thing um, that could have happened to me because now I have a career in it. But um, after I didn't make the team, I immediately went to the sports information office. Um, Blake Tim, who was at Pacific University um, in Oregon at the time, um, he was the SID and uh, I went to him and I was like, you know what, I want to stick with, um, you know, doing something during the fall while I, you know, have time to, um, in the spring, I won't have much time. So I want to stick with, you know, something during the fall. Um, and it ended up being my work study job. I was just a statistician, um, doing stat crew for volleyball and, and then doing, uh, basketball as well. Um, in the winter time until softball season started. Um, and then I didn't do anything in the spring. So that was kind of my first taste into sports information. Um, it kind of went into uh, my junior year. I was going more and more into the office, um, learning more of the history and records part parts of the job. Um, and then my senior year is kind of when I really kind of got more into um, everything, just watching Blake and what he did throughout the day and stuff like that. Um, so that's kind of how I got my first first taste into the, the profession. <laughs> what were some things that he kind of had you do just to kind of get you acclimated to the environment? Um, one of the things I really worked on my junior year was the history and records, um, just updating oh, yeah. information, going back through record records, um, box scores, and really um, getting, you know, the nitty gritty grind of the history and record part, um, down. That was like the first thing. Um, and with stat crew, I would watch games online and try and figure out how to stat. Um, he would help me and everything, but volleyball was easy cause I played it. Basketball was easy. I played it in high school. Um, and then I learned football my junior year as well. Um, doing stat crew for football because we brought back our program that had been um, reinstated after 20 years. So um, that was really cool to be a part of um, as well. But that's kind of the nitty-gritty start of Chelsea Chamberlain in this profession. So, <laughs> uh, Real quick, I just kind of want to talk about this just maybe a little bit. Uh, you got the Rising Star Award. I mean, what what was your reaction? How did you feel when you first learned that you got the Coastside Rising Star Award? Uh, so I was actually in Laramie, Wyoming. Um, I was at a men's basketball shoot around when I was at New Mexico, we were up in Laramie playing Wyoming and we were at shoot around and, um, I got a call from Blake, um, my former boss and he told me and I immediately started crying. I know that's <laughs> kind of cliche, but, um, it really meant a lot to me to know that, you know, people really do, um, see that, you know, I'm, I'm good at my job and I'm mm. a rising star and, um, it's, it's really, I'm really humble feeling. So that's, that was my first reaction. <laughs> um, I, I'm just curious, uh, what do you tell people what you do? Uh, cause every, to every person that I ask this question, it just seems to be something different. So how do you tell your friends, your family that this is what I do? I got a pretty big deal award for it. Like how, how do you let them, let them know? So, um, my friends ask me like, well, a lot of people ask me, well, what does SID mean? And, um, and I tell them sports information director, but it's a wide variety of things yeah. that we do. Um, and basically what I tell them is, um, there's three main things is stats, website, and social media. 
Um, that's not all of it because there's media, there's video. A lot of people do video. I don't do video, but a lot of people do video. Um, there's just a lot that goes into our profession, but I kind of try and stick with the main three um, mm. that are that are what we do on a daily basis. So, um, but yeah, those three is stats, putting stuff on the website, we recaps bios, all that kind of stuff, um, previews, you name it, feature stories. Um, and then the social media part is huge because it's growing every day. And, um, and that's, you know, I spend more time on social media than I do on my, or well on my phone than I do on my, you know, actual computer writing things for the website now. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, Let's go. Let's go back to some of kind of how how you got to where you are today. Uh, you mentioned New Mexico. Um, mm-hmm. Just a quick yes or no. Did you go straight from Pacific to New Mexico? Was that it? Yes. Okay. So, what was kind of the job process like? I mean, can you spare no detail of how you got the job in New Mexico? Have you ever, have you ever been there before? I had never been to Albuquerque. I'd never been to New Mexico. Um, but how this all kind of panned out was Cosida. Um, I went to the convention in June of 2013, um, and I had my former boss Blake had um, introduced me to Frank Mercogliano, um, and that kind of started the ball, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like I was playing. Um, oh my gosh, I can't think of the game right now. What were we playing? Well, we call it bags, bags in New Mexico. Oh, uh, and cornhole. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it. Yeah, I had a minor brain part there um but yeah we were just playing bags and talking about what I wanted to do you know down the road if I wanted to be in this profession for a long time um kind of my career goals and at the time I you know I wanted to go D1 Mm -hmm. um I had worked the division one track and field championships um in Eugene Oregon uh in 2013 before I went to Cosida that was like a week apart from each other and I instantly knew that I wanted to go D1. So um, that kind of started the process. It was more of a networking thing. I didn't know that I was going to get this job at New Mexico at the time. But six months later, um, or five months later, Frank had called me or emailed me and was like, hey, I think you'd be a great fit. Um, You should totally apply for this job. So I did, went through the process, did the whole cover letter, talked to my boss about it, my former boss, Blake, and he was all for it. Um, if that's what I wanted to do and what was going to make me happy. Um, I interviewed, uh, did a Skype interview, did a phone interview with the volleyball coach that I, w- that I was work- going to work with, um, and then I went on campus and um, did a formal interview and kind of saw the cam- um, athletics facility and all that, uh-huh. met a lot of people. Um, and then that was in December of 2013. And so it actually was like a two week period because of the holidays and everything until I found out that I got the job. So it was kind of nerve wracking, Uh (laughs) not really knowing. Um, but January 3rd, I can remember, remember the day, um, January 3rd, it was a Friday. Uh, I found out, uh, Frank had called me and it was, it was really cool to get that, get that job offer. So um, what was kind of the drive, or did you fly, did you drive to New Mexico? I mean, what was it like when you first got to Albuquerque and you had to kind of be like, wow, I'm in Albuquerque, New Mexico? <laughs> My parents and I actually left Grants Pass, Oregon, that's where I'm from, uh, small town, southern Oregon, and we left there at like 3 in the morning, 
um, I want to say it was some two weeks after I found out, obviously. Um, and we made the trek. It was twenty, uh, literally a 24-hour drive, so we split it up. We um, drove down to Kingman, Arizona, and then drove over to Albuquerque the next day, which was only about six hours, so it wasn't too bad. Um, but we were all definitely tired and <laughs> ready to, you know. <laughs> um, did you have any culture shock from Oregon to, to New Mexico? I've never been to both either. Oregon's absolutely beautiful. It's green and everything. And then um, actually on my flight to uh, do my on-campus interview, I was actually kind of shocked because I didn't really, I'd never been to New Mexico and I knew it was desert, but it literally was not green. And I'm used to seeing green every day. I'm used to seeing rain and it was absolutely, it was actually like, it was beautiful. You know, it's a different part of the country and, um, it was really, really just shocking to see no green though. I was just like, okay, well this is different. Like, (laughs) so, but it was, it was, it ended up being a beautiful place to me. Um, very unique and, you know, um, it was just really cool. And the green chili there is amazing. It's the best. I miss it. That's what I, that's, you know, one of the things I miss the most is the green chili from (laughs) New Mexico. Um, you kind of mentioned that, uh, you had to be interviewed by the volleyball coach. I do have a few questions that kind of stems off of that. So the first one that I have is kind of in, when you listen and hear about everybody else getting maybe some job offers, interviews and things like that, how kind of rare is that? Because I have never heard of that before. Um, it's actually like... I don't know. When I came to OSU, I also interviewed with the coaches that I'd be working with. Uh-huh. So to me, to, to me, it's not very rare. I don't know how other places do it, but um, every job opportunity that I've had, I've always had to talk with um, one of the coaches or two of the coaches that I'd be working with. Um, at New Mexico, it was a phone call um, on a different day because that was just how things worked out. Um, that was when he could call me um, and basically just talking about how we could get along, you Uh know what I mean? And things, and things work out, um, with the both of us. So, uh, what kind of, yeah, like, I know you kind of mentioned it there, but what were some questions that they asked? Um, basically like what's kind of like your working style. Do you stay Uh up late? Do you get up early? Um, how do you, you know, like to do certain media, what, like, what ideas can you bring to the table Mm -hmm. for us that we haven't done? Um, have you looked at our social media? How many followers do we have? Like (laughs) basically you're, you're trying to showcase what you know about their program and how you want to promote that the best way you can. Uh, have you always wanted to just stay, stick with volleyball or maybe some other sports that you're familiar with? Um, I've always really wanted to be a men's basketball SID and I did that at New Mexico but my goal was to go to a power five conference mm-hmm. um, and uh, be you know with one of the top d1 schools in the country and um, kind of giving up the men's basketball thing to kind of grow in the power five SEC um, you know networking with throughout this conference um, was kind of you know my next step to get to the end result of a men's basketball power five conference. Uh, so <laughs> is that, is that kind of like a strategy? Maybe most people do you think, um, that do something that you're familiar with? Like, like I I've done primary for lacrosse and baseball. I mean, would it be good for someone, you know, who's done only 
I don't know, maybe soccer to kind of stick with soccer before branching out? I mean, is that something that people do, you think? My thing is the more you can do early on in your career, the more it's going to benefit you in the long run. Um, I did nine sports at, at uh, Civic um, when I was just, you know, starting out, and that was a lot. And I figured out I don't want to do nine sports. That's <laughs> not I, I want to do two. I want to focus on my teens. I want to, you know, get to know the student-athletes um, in a more, you know, kind of sit-down environment instead of having to go all over the place with nine different sports. So um, that's that's what I think on it. I know there's lots of other ideas out there and everything on how to get where you want to. Um, but for me, it was, you know, how can I get to the highest level um, possible in, you know, not the shortest amount of time, but in a, you know, where I want to be for a while, you know, so. Uh, and like you kind of mentioned, you, you were kind of gunning for that D1 Power 5 uh, thing there. So, and you got that at LSU. Yeah. Uh, so again, kind of same question that I'll phrase for you. How did you get there? Job process like? What was it like when you got the phone call? Um, so I actually interviewed, were on two different interviews. I was looking at um, UAB at the time because it was working with their football program, which uh -huh. I thought sounded interesting um, and was totally all for it. But then LSU popped up at the same time um, and that was power five and that was where I, where I needed to go. You know what I mean? The yeah. UAB thing, it was like football, like, yes, I, I would love to be a part of that again because I was with that at Pacific. Um, but LSU popped up and I was like, this is, this is where I need to go. So I applied for that for both jobs, had, um, phone interviews for both jobs and then, um, went on campus for both within four days. So it was very, <laughs> yeah, it was very, very interesting. Um, but I also didn't want to tell either one that I was at one or the other because I didn't want them to treat me any different then yeah. you know wanted them to treat me as I'm I'm Chelsea Chamberlain I'm not Chelsea Chamberlain that's interviewing somewhere else you know what I mean um so but um the LSU thing I found out um kind of in between my UAB interview and um I was like I, I had to say it like the next day I was like after my UAB interview I was like yeah well I'm going to LSU so it was Power 5. It was what I needed to do. It was best for me um, and how I wanted to grow and get where I wanted to be. So, uh, In your opinion, someone who has kind of goals like that um, or just kind of any similar thing, how would you align what you want to do and kind of set yourself up as far as experience, as far as job opportunities go, as far as maybe you have to move, like kind of like you, you had to move to LSU and your home's in Oregon. So how how would how do you do that sort of thing? Um, I think you just have to dig deep in what you want to do and figure it out. If you like, there's a lot of people that you know complain that this is a lot of hours and you know a time away from your family um, and stuff like that. But I think you have to figure out what's best for you. Um, this profession isn't for everybody. Um, and if you want to get to the, to a power five conference, you have to do whatever it takes to get there. Um, and it's different for everybody. It's not just, Oh, you go to New Mexico and then you go to LSU, you'll get it. You know what I mean? It's not, it's, I don't think it's that easy for everybody because everybody has a different story. Everybody starts out differently. Um, but I think you just have to dig deep for your priorities and what you want out of this, out of this position. 
out of this career and um, figure out, you know, how you're going to be happy with, you know, what you have now, what you want later, um, you know, what you end up with. Uh, my next question is kind of, I, I obviously know the answer to this, but how, how has the market, how has the media relations been different and how have you had to adapt uh, as far as when you were in Albuquerque with men's basketball and now you're kind of with in Baton Rouge and a huge following and I know SEC volleyball, like kind of top tier. So how have you kind of adapted to the, to the different market demands? Um, I guess social media wise has been the biggest difference for me um, because there is a lot more following. You know, we want to get stuff out there every day. Um, recruits are looking at our stuff every day. So we want people to think about LSU volleyball or LSU softball, um, whatever, on a daily basis. Um, it's, you know, our position is such a big recruiter tool for the coaching staff that, you know, they want to see stuff out on social media. Um, actually, um, earlier today, I met with um, our volleyball coach, one of our volleyball coaches, assistant coach, and we went over a social media calendar for the entire year. So that way we can start getting stuff rolled out. We have stuff on a consistent basis. Um, we're not overloading the um, the inter internet or anything, uh-huh. but <laughs> on like we're not putting stuff out every day. But um, just kind of looking at it as what can we do and how can we do the best we can to promote this program and bring out the uniqueness that we have here at LSU. Uh, kind of along the same lines with this next question, but I, again, I can kind of well. To be completely fair, I've had different answers for this. Either one, it being completely different; two, it being about the same, depending on how you treat it. So, when you were at D three, just kind of working as an undergrad, kind of getting your feet wet, feet wet a little bit, uh, and now you're at D one. What are the biggest differences that you've seen from D three to D one? D three to D one, um, and maybe even like a does New Mexico count as mid major? Yeah, they're mid major. Okay, yeah. all right, cool. I just didn't want. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, D three, you know, it's it's difficult to promote. Like you really have to work your tail off to promote your student athletes and you know your school. Um, we didn't have much media at Pacific. I mean, we were small, small town, Forest Grove, Oregon, um, 20 minutes west of Portland, and you're you're fighting with Oregon State, Portland State, Oregon, um, those schools for for media. Um, and then you go to New Mexico, and you're you're in the spotlight with media. And LSU is the same way. You're in the spotlight with media. Um, so that would probably be the biggest thing from jumping from D3 to D1 is you're more in a spotlight um, and you ha- like you tell your stories and it gets picked up quickly. Whereas Pacific, you tell your story, but it's not getting picked up because you're like it's it's smaller. So you have to work a little bit harder um, to build your story and really push it to the, the media and everything. Uh, one or two more quick questions here before we got to move on. Um, first, you kind of mentioned a social media calendar. A yes. lot of people maybe don't do that. I had to make one for class. Had no idea what the hell I was doing. So <laughs> can you explain like what it is and how you kind of work with your coach to develop that? So basically what I went to my coach with was I literally wrote down Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, 
and Snapchat. They have a Snapchat that they use. And how can we utilize each of these platforms differently to show uh, to show us who we are, who LSU Volleyball is. Um, and Instagram stories is where everything's at right now. Um, that's where you're going to get your most views. Instagram, like our LSU Volleyball went in with, I think, 7,000 people on Instagram prior to the season. And with us making the NCAA tournament this year for the first time in a couple years, at the end of the season, we were over 10,000 um, followers. So, like, that was a huge jump in um, in the following and the content going out on a daily basis and what that looked like. But the, the calendar that I want to create and I'm going to create is something that's showcasing LSU volleyball on a daily basis but not going overboard. Um, so, Motivation Monday, Music Monday, some of the things we came up for Tuesday, like, just having kind of those hashtags – um, but utilizing it to what our program is about, not what everybody else is everybody else is doing, but what makes us unique. How can we showcase it? Um, our head coach Fran Flory um, having Flory Friday um, doing stuff, you know, um, on Facebook or I'm trying to get them to do more live stuff. Um, so I think the live is is where you like. Not only is it live, but it's also live later. To I guess you could say in a way because people can still see it later on. Um, but that was kind of what we sat down and we just talked about, you know, what can we do on these days? How can we showcase our program in the best way possible on all these different platforms that we have? Um, so that was kind of what we did. Uh, you kind of mentioned networking a little bit ago when you were at Cosida. So kind of, uh, and again, we kind of know the answer to this, but we need to, to come from you because there are some people that maybe aren't that good at it or maybe um, don't want to do it or maybe don't see the importance in it. So how important is it to kind of network uh, and, and kind of get your name out there maybe, so to speak? That by far is the biggest piece of advice I can give. I would not be sitting in this position at LSU um, without that networking experience I had um, at Cosida and my first Cosida in 2013. Um, every year, my goal at Cosida is to meet 10, 10 new people. I know it goes over that <laughs> every year, but um, get to know those 10 new people very well, exchange cards, and email them like after Cosida and just you know keep on networking with them throughout the year, not just um, that one, one interaction you had at Cosida. Um, this last year, they had a COSIDA networking session, um, and it was really cool because you basically met so many new people within, like, five minutes. Like, every 30 seconds, you were, like, with somebody new, and it was really cool. Um, and so that got a lot more cards in my book, and I actually still need to email all of them, you know, again and get, and get back with them. Um, with this whole job transition, it's been kind of crazy just learning everything here at LSU and, and stuff. But um, but it's time to, you know, look back at your cards and say, oh, like, who can I email today? And just to say, you know, what's up? Like, uh-huh. how you doing? What's going on in your life? You need any help? If you need anything, let me know. Those kinds of things. But networking is huge. Uh, the, I'd like to transition as part of the interview where I like to ask some fun questions. First one I have for you is um, favorite 
memory in your professional tenure? Favorite memory? Hmm. Let's see. Well, I hadn't made a NCAA tournament in my four years until I came to LSU, um, or five years. And this last year, we made it to the NCAA tournament, or, yeah, 2017. Um, we made it to the NCAA tournament and went to the first round. And um, that probably, like, seeing the girls' reaction, we were really on the bubble. We were the la- we were one of the last four in um, that they chose. So um, we were all at our head coach's house, and we were – watching the selection show didn't know if our name was going to be popped up and the reaction when it popped up the girls like I was filming them and it was just that right there like seeing that reaction and how raw it was um to for them to get in the NCAA tournament was just really cool to see uh one piece of advice you give to a student going into this profession well I've already said it networking yeah <laughs> that's my biggest thing <laughs> Um, get out, get out there and put yourself out there. If I hadn't done that, I was super quiet. I was so shy. Um, even at my first COSIDA convention and like, I, I literally told myself after that convention, I was like, you know what? I need to put myself out there a little bit more and be more active and get to know more people. And, um, and you know, with the whole New Mexico thing and getting to go to COSIDA again, um, in 2016 and then last year, um, I definitely have grown. I've put myself out there. Um, I've even gotten on a couple committees. Um, so my biggest thing is to put yourself out there, you know, get your name out there, get to know people, meet people any way you can, social media, whatever. Uh, when you look around kind of maybe even your office or your division, um, conference, country, or whatever you want to throw in that category. You look at someone, you say, that is a good SID. Um, what are some things that they do, or maybe some char- characteristics that they have that make you say that? One of the biggest things that I've learned over the years is that good SIDs are um, always personable. They always, um, you know, ask questions about you instead of what you're doing on a daily basis. Um, you know, I, I go to my coaches and I literally sit in their office and I rather, you know, like get to know them outside of work than talk about work all the time. Um, to me, I feel like the more personable you are and the more kind of laid back you are, it, you know, kind of helps you in the long run. Uh, one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? I would say maybe like the video stuff. Um, that's one thing like I've never really dived into. Um, and I know now you could basically make a video from your phone and on, um, what's that one thing called? It's blanking my mind right now. Um, like I, yeah, yeah, (laughs) really simple. (laughs) Um, yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of people that are just doing iMovie stuff out there, um, to showcase on social media and and everything but so I think that would maybe video would be one of the things that I would want to dive into uh work-life balance what do you do to have fun um let's see well I like to work out sometimes most of the time um that kind of gets my brain off off work um I like retail therapy I think that's a big one shopping (laughs) (laughs) 
going out, spending some money, treating yourself. Uh-huh. Um, I just like hanging out, having fun, going to the movies, whatever. I mean, I like playing sports. I like playing slow pitch. Slow pitch has been um, kind of my go-to. Um, played in a slow pitch league in New Mexico during the summertime, and that was kind of nice to just kind of, you know, relax and be on the field but not have to do any work. <laughs> so... Um. Uh, Next yeah. time you're in Baton, next time someone's in Baton Rouge, um, or it, it maybe even Albuquerque, Forest Grove, whatever you want, you can throw whatever yeah. city you've been in in this category. It doesn't matter to me. But uh, what's your restaurant or bar recommendation? Okay, um, I'll do kind of maybe three, two okay. or three here. Okay. Uh, New Mexico would have to be Marble. It's a um, it's a craft brewery place. And they have a really good, they have really good um, craft beers there. Um, and then I haven't done much in Baton Rouge yet. Let's see. I mean, we have this cool place called Walk Ons um, that is actually oh, owned yeah. by a former um, Walk On player at LSU. So um, that's kind of a cool place um, to go. Um, and then Forest Grove. Um, there's a few places there that are good, but I can't remember the name. Starts with a P. Yeah. I haven't been there in a long time, so. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you racked your brain long enough, I think. Well, um, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, maybe they had some, some questions to follow up with you, uh, what would be the best way to do that? Um, whatever, email, uh, Twitter, Twitter is easy, Chambo17, but it's spelled C-H-A-M-B-E-A-U-X, because I tried to go with the Louisiana thing, um, uh-huh. so that, that's probably the easiest is Twitter, or Facebook, whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm open to anything. <laughs> Alright, awesome, Chelsea Chamberlain, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, I appreciate it. Guys, there you have it. I know it was a short one today, but we will be back next week. Calvin Colleagues and I talked about doing a crossover between Side of Chat and SID Cast, where someone from the community volunteers to host Side of Chat and then be featured on the pod the following Thursday. This week's volunteer comes from Richmond, Kentucky, and Morgan Romans. So be sure to participate in Side of Chat over on Twitter Monday nights at 9 Eastern, 8 Central Time to participate. And be sure to tune in to SID Cast Thursday with Morgan. And we're hoping to do more of these sorts of things in the coming Weeks, months, years, uh, however long we want to stick around, basically. And one last reminder about following us on social media at Sports InfoCast. And be sure to leave a rating and review wherever you get your podcast, Guys, thanks for tuning in, and we hope to catch you all in the next episode.